0: I see our relationship with grief closely linked with ebb. Grief itself is a withdrawing inward, a feeling of emptiness, a surrender to the murkiness, a sinking into what may feel like the abyssal depths of the ocean to be able to feel the fullness of our pain, the true measure of our love and loss. Like grief, ebb is not a state that is held in high regard or honoured much in our modern society of hyperproductivity and overstimulation never escaping our abundance, Lakota skier Connor Ryan said to me, has created a sickness and malaise. If the container is always full, you'll never value the work it takes to fill it. In nature and natural cycles, the ebb is as essential as the flow. It should not be mistaken for insulation, cutting yourselves off, or stagnation, which is what happens when we block or suppress emotions. Stagnant water has lost its vitality and life force, has become full of impurities, whereas still water is pure and calm, only appearing motionless because its waters run deep.
1: This is an Ocean Mike episode of the Spaceship Earth podcast in collaboration with Finisterre. The story of Spaceship Earth is simple. We live on a life-giving rock called Earth, hurtling through space. Like a spaceship, we have a finite amount of supplies with an intelligent operating system called nature, which keeps everything replenished as long as we all respect it and participate wisely. So a deep relationship with this mysterious system, along with spontaneous cooperation between humans and all life, is essential to keep us thriving and the spaceship flying. In this podcast, I'm in conversation with folk involved in regenerating life, shifting consciousness and reimagining how we can live more beautifully and peacefully. I talk with artists, writers, actors, Activists, designers, adventurers, healers, farmers, creative mavericks and more. Their stories invite us to participate in the co-creation of life-sustaining cultures in service to life, becoming crew on Spaceship Earth. Greetings Earthling. Uh, Welcome to the Spaceship Earth podcast. This is Dan here and um, welcome to another Ocean Mike episode um, in collaboration with Finisterre. Uh, in this episode I'm in conversation with iski Britain. Now Isky is a big wave surfer, scientist, academic, social ecologist, activist, writer and artist who has pretty much dedicated her entire life to the ocean and wild waters, especially on the west coast of Ireland, where she lives. Um, Now, this is the third time Iski has been on this podcast. Um, And you can check out earlier conversations uh, in episode two of the Spaceship Earth podcast and episode 15. And I think why I'm such a fan of Iski is because... She embodies her work and practice. She's fully entangled and in kind of deep inquiring relationship with her focus in life, which is the ocean and wild waters. And by being in this kind of deep, curious, inquiring relationship with the wild waters of this earth, you become humbled creative, grateful, aware in all these different ways of this vast intelligence, but also of our human limitations, our interdependence and our utter dependence on this watery, more than human world. Iski serves the ocean and water in many, many ways. As a surfer, she's pioneered big wave surfing on the west coast of Ireland as a social activist. She has kind of led the way um, in encouraging more women into surfing, has been championing ocean access to women in many places on Spaceship Earth. Her work on Blue health and the healing potential of water connection for human health is extensive. And as an artist and writer, she is also weaving ancient intelligence, mystery, and practices back into our modern cultures. Now this episode is to honour Isky's new book, Ebb and Flow, Connect with the Patterns and Power of Water which has just been released, and I heartily recommend you pick up a copy. And I think the big reflection I have after this conversation with Iski, and having read the book, is that this is the time to dive into bringing, cultivating, if you like, mystery and sacredness back into our rivers and ocean and wild waters. It's now. If there was ever a time for everyone to step in, it, it is now. Because if you look around as I often do, um it's it's very easy to get overwhelmed by the state of the wild waters on this earth. Um you know I can speak from a UK perspective. It's it's horrific at times. Um and we know That the health of uh, our waters and our human health are intimately entangled. So imagine if we began to practice these. Sacred relationships once again with the wild waters on spaceship Earth to listen and observe, to guardian and protect, to practice rituals which deepen our understanding and relationship with water. That reciprocity that gives us the vitality and brings life back to the great big blue beating heart of this earth and the wild arterial rivers and streams. Human impacts on the wild waters on this earth have never been so destructive as they are today. But imagine if we began to cultivate these practices today, learning from our indigenous brothers and sisters and our ancient ancestors, and we began to invite our communities and our children to participate in these practices how might things look in 10 or 20 years what could that change in how we relate to the waters of this earth the practices and rituals we cultivate and the stories of these relationships we decide to tell to carry and to live by there's so much to help you get started on all of that in the book from Iki. So let's cut to it. This is the Spaceship Earth podcast Ocean Mike episode with Iki Britain. Enjoy.
2: You're listening to the spaceship Earth podcast with my dad Dan Burgess.
1: Eki, welcome to the spaceship Earth podcast, the The Ocean Mike episode.
0: Yeah, great to be back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, geez, yeah, a
1: fair bit happened. <laughs> I know. I was, tra- I was trying to work that out actually. This, um, I was trying to work out. I was thinking about that this morning on my run, and it was some time back. And um, I mean, it was, it was pre-pandemic, I think, or maybe it was about. I can't remember. But anyway, lots happened for you. <laughs> I think the last time I saw you, well, actually, we recorded. We did record. Do you remember on um, out in Ireland? after that conference
0: I think it's like 2018 right <laughs> yeah yeah about five years ago <laughs>
1: yeah yeah so um you've been bringing new humans into the world
0: yeah speaking of, of birthing <laughs> things <laughs> oh, i birthed two little humans yeah uh, last year so 10 months deep into motherhood now and it's yeah it's super full on like we were saying yeah <laughs> Uh, big
1: big wave riding and uh, bringing twins into the world. Is there any?
0: Oh, my goodness. It's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't think there's any comparison. Uh, here I was thinking I was being real hardcore as a big wave surfer, but please. <laughs> That's uh, definitely some of the skills learned from big wave surfing equipped me well, I think, to deal with pregnancy, birthing, and motherhood.
1: <laughs> yeah, I bet.
0: Yeah, mainly remembering to breathe and like let go and surrender and all that jazz um, <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: and, I, and, I be, and I bet that then that carries on doesn't it? It, it, it it carry I imagine it carries on after the but you know learning to surrender and let go I mean I I'm still trying to do that now with mine and they're in their teens you know and it's like
0: <laughs> oh it's daily it's constant yeah I don't think it lets up really um to, to use another ocean metaphor yeah the waves keep coming <laughs> but I'm actually grateful yeah to be a, a new mom with surfing under my belt, because I think it definitely serves you well that ocean connection in something like this. Um, well, for me anyway. <laughs> and then I'm so grateful. Also, like I, I'd be totally insane. And batshit crazy right now if I didn't have that access to the ocean still. So I'm really lucky. We, we've we kind of re- relocated myself and my partner. So we're back home where I grew up in Donegal, surrounded by family and we're across the road from the beach. So we're incredibly fortunate, actually where I learned to surf. So there's this lovely like kind of cyclical flow going on from one generation to the next. You know, we're, I, we're living where my dad learned to surf or I learned to surf and perhaps where um, these two little nuggets might um, learn.
1: One day too. Amazing. And have, have, you, um, have they, I'm guessing, I'm guessing they've, they've got in the water you got how, how quick did you get did you take, get, take it into the water i'm curious i'm curious
0: i think i throwing them in the sea already but you know <laughs> winter time in ireland i think definitely i know the power of water experiences can also leave a pretty you know negative impression yes so um yeah gently does it um but yeah we've been we've been in the pool they've been swimming they love the bath and i'm excited for this summer They'll you know they'll be one year old starting to move around and definitely introduce some more to the to the water then and we see just see um but every day we kind of we do this ritual where we wake up and we kind of greet the ocean we look out the window and check the surf conditions and i give them the whole kind of you know surf forecast and the rundown on what's going on out there (laughs) for things
1: (laughs) yeah it all all goes off doesn't it that's the thing with with kids sort of enter these brilliant realms of uh craziness in a good way all the the imagination Mm. starts to fire in uh in beautiful ways <laughs> um so we're here to talk about obviously to catch up and say hi but to talk about your book your new book yeah. ebb and flow um which i don't know if it will be when is it coming out will it be out i'm trying to work out will it will really? be out by the time no, we releases. really soon
0: so it's, it's out uh, april 11th
1: I mean, I've I've got a copy. I've been re- I've been f- f- reading frantically this
2: week. Oh, I've got <laughs> <I like> my- <laughs> a lot of thinking there.
1: You might see see the posters. Um, and uh, I mean, it, I love it, and I think it's like I want I want to. We're going to sort of dive into this, of course. And I guess for the purpose of this conversation, because there's you know it's ebb and flow, which I think is, tells us a lot. Well, maybe, yeah, there's 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 some there's some clues in the invitation, I think, in that in that title, and I think we've, I guess, um, I'd love to know, yeah, you know, what this what the sort of birthing of this book was all about, like where did the where did how did you weave all this together, and um, and then there's some parts of the book I'd love us to try and dive well, yeah.
0: into, yeah.
1: And, and as we said before, particularly like maybe yeah maybe sort of maybe sort of moving building on a lot of the connection explorations we've had in in other episodes because there's a you're, you know you're you're pulling on you're weaving a lot of really really interesting stuff in this book so um yeah over to you Iski tell us where you know what how what, how did this happen <laughs> why did it happen <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's so interesting I guess I mean I started to write it before I became pregnant. But then a lot of it was was writing it like during this total transformation I was going through. So it was a very different experience to writing my previous book, Saltwater and the Blood. And then this one, Like as, as a writing process, I mean, I finished the manuscript um, on a Saturday and thought, oh, I'll wait till Monday because I don't like sending work emails on weekends to send it to my my publisher um and then my waters broke on the sunday <laughs> and the, the babies arrived the twins so it was just this incredible kind of yeah this yeah i don't know there was a lot of a lot of uh, energy going on i think in the universe at that point
1: um <laughs> amazing. amazing
0: Release, letting go and then speaking of water connection yeah it was kind of yeah <laughs> and then i finished editing it and proofing it and, and that whole process um as i was like walking up and down the beach pushing the pram um while the baby slept and then doing a lot of the editing and that on my phone um which is quite funny it's amazing what mm-hmm. you can do these days
2: <laughs> yes. but
0: to sort of take a step back and where did the whole idea come from to even begin to write it i think for me i mean i'm very passionate about stories and storytelling uh, same as yourself and it, one way, like at a personal level, it was a way for me to be to unpack even more the understanding of our changing human relationship with water in all its forms. So as someone who's a, you know, a real self-proclaimed ocean lover, I've been so intimately connected with with the ocean and especially, but then really wanting I exposed to both broaden and deepen that narrative and look at the... I suppose, water in all its forms and shapes and all kinds of water bodies and really broaden my understanding of that as well. And then also begin to, as you say, weave together these different strands that have been activated in my life across, also across so many different disciplines. So my training as a scientist, you know, like a was a social ecologist looking at, in particular, blue health, blue spaces, blue mind, that that whole area that we've talked about before. Mm. Um, And then also for myself, then my connection with water being so deeply um, spiritual really, uh, through, through my surfing and upbringing, but also then my own, I suppose, in Ireland, looking at the connection there through our connection with place and mythology. So that comes through in the book as well. And then also recognizing this transformative power of water. And I've just had I guess, the honor and privilege of connecting with so many other amazing folk who are working with water in all these various ways, like various water protectors and activists and scientists and even athletes. And so wanting to bring in their stories as well. And part of it was as a research scientist for so long in academia, I'm trained to sort of think and write in a certain way. This was me breaking free, writing Ebb and Flow. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Right.
0: You know, to become a bit more like water in my writing as well and just to free flow with it way more. Um, But also the challenge, I think some of the dominant narratives within the science and within an emerging discipline like blue health, my concern was that it could start to also follow the course of the dominant system that's at play, which, again, although I'm I'm really advocate blue health, like connecting with water and its benefits for health and well-being, we run the risk I suppose depending on who's doing the science and the research and who's asking the questions of water again just becoming this another commodity for our use mm. using it for our health we're turning it into a, a pill so to speak um this you know nature connection and a lot of the I mean the research it was so human centric I suppose and it's so it centered on our human experience, but didn't bring in the more than human or even the water itself <laughs> as this mm, entity mm. As, as, or even something that was alive. Um, and so it was still in some ways, a lot of the studies to date had felt really kind of reductionist in that way, if that makes sense
1: yeah yeah hundred percent and
0: and also yeah. then there was I, I recognize that, but at the same time, I also recognize this convergence happening. so the science is beginning to validate uh, and catch mm. up with, so to speak, which I talk about a lot in the book, the indigenous wisdom and knowledge that's been uh, there for so much longer, um, but mm. largely ignored and sidelined in in western or or more contemporary modern science.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 so interesting because again, you know, we I think we spoke at the start about this, this sort of this moment, this moment, you know, and it feels like you know what you're speaking to is, um for me, where well, how I'm seeing this again is this sort of, uh you know, we're we're sort of stuck, right, at a kind of sort of at a sort of mainstream or cultural consensus level where you can see like the. You know the the sort of the West and the modern science has obviously done so much, but it's it's become so dominant in how we sort of make sense of the world, how we sort of perceive, you know, what knowledge is, or and 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 you know, and, and you see how that science is informing, you know, so much of how we've been relating to the to the world, right, over the last, particularly over the last, you know. Probably a couple of hundred years. How how we've related to the to the to the living earth. How we've related to, to even to ourselves as these sort of like sort of selves walking around in our heads. You know how we how we sort of how we relate to others who have different identities. You know what even our identity is based on. There's it feels like we're so stuck now at that limitation. And there's all this other knowledge, all this other intelligence, mm. like you say, that has been. You know, either from from our fellow human beings, our indigenous brothers and sisters, our ancient ancestors, who've kind of always um, had a, another, I guess, been very open to other forms of intelligence and other forms of knowing the world. And, of course, all this other intelligence that's that's in us, in our bodies, that we probably just don't really know. Many of us, you know, we haven't been taught or encouraged to trust other ways of knowing and i think with water particularly you speak to this such a lot in the in in the book you know this this kind of intelligence between the human and water right which is like so it's not saying that all of that science is let's throw it all out but it's just like it feels like we're in this moment now where we really need to bring all these together now you know what i mean and it really comes across in the book that you've you've does a it feels like it's just very intentional you're really trying to sort of bring these Yeah. These diverse perspectives and also not, not just the, not just the, the light and the, and the joy either. There's some, you know, there's some edge in the book. There's some, there's some reference to the uncomfortable stuff and the, you know, and, and, and the stuff that we can't know and the, you know, and the power of, 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 of water or the, you know, because again, we have this sense of just making everything feel great for the human you know and actually there is there's there's also a lot of sort of there's difficult things that we that we're being called to work with at the moment and so yeah I I don't know but I just I just feel that there's this time is it feels like these 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 different ways of 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 knowing and relating have never been more important to sort of try and open up space for them to be to be really considered and explored and and work with in a much more do you know what i mean less binary way yeah. i guess is what, what yeah. i'm getting to
0: yeah, that's exactly it and that's what i felt like in the world of sort of science and academia it's really exciting what's emerging from that and you know everything from the neuroscience to the effect of water on our hearts and and so on but that that needs to be situated within this much wider richer context um of, of where you know where it's where it's coming from um and then also that it's a yeah it's the weaving together of all these strands now or rather than creating more division um yeah. yeah, and that's why I was really excited to bring other voices into the book as well. So having conversations with people who've really opened my eyes and inspired me, like you know, surfer scientist Cliff Capono, who who does just that. He's the embodiment of weaving together the, the science and and indigenous wisdom of his people. Um, and it's really exciting to see see that happening. So he's kind of you know creating new new stories through that, new ways of understanding our relationship with the planet, um, as well as you know, Robin Wall. Kimmerer who I reference a lot in it too and but those people I guess who straddle these what seem like disparate worlds but in actual fact show us, uh, hang on a minute, <laughs> they're speaking to each other, yeah.
1: We live on a life-giving rock called Earth hurtling through space, how bonkers is that? You're listening to the Spaceship Earth podcast, Ocean Mike episode with Finisterre. Yeah, there's this kind of exactly this this sort of, um, you know, it feels like this again this moment for, for more bridging to be going on, for more kind of like for helping us kind of see and connect across different ways of knowing and understanding the world. That feels so vital at the moment just to sort of, you know, again, that, that can sort of you know help us sort of let let go of the polarization, let go of the binariness and just start to sort of consider you know, the complexity, I guess, because um there's there's there, you know and I think I mean it's Sophie Strand would say, who's you know mm. also going to be guesting on the on the remix course with you as well, but you know, she would say we need to hold way more complexity at the moment you know there's the, a the desire to again to sort of reductionize and simplify and you know um, to have a, a sense of like oh well we under you know we can we can you know we can reduce it all to this or we can find a universal truth or we can you know and it's like no, actually, that's kind of what's got us into all this trouble. <laughs> so yes, it's like, and what
0: you know. comes to me when you're saying that? Because I think when people hear the word complexity, it kind of maybe there's this feeling of overwhelm. There's like this yeah. too muchness to it. But in actual fact, what I think what it requires is is also this acknowledgement. Like to acknowledge what we don't know. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and and to be with the unknown, and also to acknowledge, you know, when we are bringing together maybe other other worlds and ways of seeing the acknowledgement piece is really important there as well of, of where this knowledge and understanding has come from and how it's mm. passed on and and then also acknowledging water itself and and uh, all the other um things people places others that we share this space with um so that's something i, I also learned too through writing the book and from others and, and kind of water mentors for me was the importance of that kind of acknowledgement piece
1: yeah. And it, and, it, and I guess you're speaking to this sort of, you know, need for humility. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, but it's funny, even on the complexity, though, isn't it? Because, you know, even in our bodies, you know, our bodies are these extraordinary, complex mm. living things that uh, we probably don't think of as complex because <laughs> we're sort of walking around often just, you know, but actually there's all of this complexity that's happening all the time yeah. that's kind of coming in and out of our bodies and around us. And so it's, there is something really, um, as we we like this term i like to work with is about, you know, working, working more with mystery. Mm-hmm. And I, and I recognize there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a chapter in the book. That speaks.
2: It, mystery.
1: So maybe, maybe we can, we can go into that, yeah. but there's something about, I kind of like that frame of mystery because like you say, you know, complexity can feel overwhelming sometimes, but, uh, or, but actually mystery I think invites us to, to sort of be okay with you know not knowing and actually there is maybe something there's an invitation with mystery to sort of to explore versus complexity which can feel you know mm. or crises which can feel overwhelming but um let's get into mystery because that's that's um that was it was really beautiful to to, to sort of enter into that in the book and uh, and bringing that dimension of of water and, and mystery in into into the book. So can you give us a bit a, a bit of yeah, where that's all c- come from and and maybe just help people understand what it what, what you're speaking to?
0: Yeah, I could well I can read a, a small part from The chapter as well that would probably help explain it best but so each chapter in the book is kind of dedicated to a particular dimension aspect or quality of water um be you know ebb and flow obviously connection power and mystery um and i think mystery is when it comes to water um it's such a powerful one because we, we still don't understand uh, water in all its complexity, even though it's, it's the foundation of all life, but we can't even decide on, you know, where is, where it's even come from.
2: <laughs> and
0: right. and then it's just this, yeah, this, this, fascinating, fascinating qualities to water, but also it's there and persists in all our mythologies across cultures. And there's often these common sort of patterns as well around our relationship with water that gets told in these stories. And that's happened throughout time, throughout time, throughout human history. Um, so I think there's there's a lot in that as well. Um, and then, as you say, the importance of, of celebrating the mystery part to acknowledge that what we, we don't know is. Um, And, and I think there, the water holds that for us still, you know, and and even and the ocean, but it's sort of, I raised the question in the book too, what happens when you lose that sense of mystery or wonder, awe, as we start to like, you know, pull apart and literally unravel all of our yeah uh, systems, and that we've left our kind of you know imprint or mark on on almost every, every part of it and every part of the ocean. And does it lose then because of that some of this mystery and wonder um, and what happens then to our our human imagination as a result? So all of that's in it too. and I suppose the mystery chapter is heavily influenced by you know where I belong and my own sort of history and ancestry in Ireland and that connection to place. And even in the naming, Isky, Um, I've always been fascinated with that, being named after, you know, a place uh, that comes from the Irish for fish with this famous Salmon River. And then that leads you into the, one of our most powerful mythologies in in the sort of um, ancient Irish kind of makeup of stories is around Bradon Fasta the Salmon of Knowledge. And so it was really interesting writing the book to learn a bit more about that as well. Um, and how so much of our mythologies, are centered around the importance of these place connections or honoring the sort of the wisdom of other species, um, that, you know, that was already, we already had that, you know, in our, our, our cultural understanding at some point.
1: It's, um, it's, it's so interesting as you're speaking, I mean, well, there's two things going First thing is I've, it's rain, it's raining here and I'm mm-hmm. listening to the, I'm listening to the rain, Drops on my studio roof, and it reminded me. You referred to, I think it's it was a Robin Wilkimer piece in the Mm -hmm. book about the sound of raindrops falling through different trees. And there's a sort of, and I've got an ash tree above me, so it's sort of coming through. (laughs) And but you know, this this idea of sort of music in rain, and you know, all of these. Sorry, so I've just I'm that that just came into my head because I'm it's really I really hear this (laughs) this rain, but that this idea again of like you know this. That water is, you know, all of these relationships that we have with, with water on this earth. And, um, and, and, uh, and I guess finding, you know, the, in the mystery in that rain, in those raindrops. Right. But there's a sense of what you're speaking to then is for me is this idea of belonging, you know, mm. and, you know, you're talking to, you know, the place where, where you have grown up, where you were born, the roots, of that place to you through your family it's in your name it's in that river there are the other beings in that river and so you have this right extraordinary sense of belonging i guess and it's so it's so interesting because i was with this uh you know a few weeks back with this lawyer paul Puzzlen, and we we were in east london embarking on this river roading, really built up i mean really really difficult part of london people living you know and just you know it's Massive motorway flyover and the river's polluted, and you know you can you, you can't get access, barely can get access to this place. And we were talking about sacredness and belonging, you know, and this whole, um, you know, we were talking about that idea that you know when you look back and you look at place-based cultures or indigenous cultures, because effectively that's what we're saying, right? They're sort of you know it to be indigenous is to be of a place to and there's a sacredness cultures that didn't have any form. And that's, that word can be quite loaded for some people. I'm using it in the sense of like, you know, there is, there is some form of reverence. There is a, there is a, an understanding of the intelligence and, um, uh, you know, um, of the more than human world and the fact that we have a sort of humble place within it. That's when I, when I speak to sacredness, I guess that's what I'm speaking to. Um, but we he, we were talking about how you know civilizations that haven't had that or don't do not have that view of the living world as far as we can see and understand just haven't lasted very long. You know they haven't seen the modern human world to have any kind of sacredness. And it it strikes me this where we're at. I'm sort of deviating a bit, but I think what you're speaking to is, and maybe where the invitation with some of your work is f- to help more people maybe see water again or start to see it in in different ways but that that connection that sacredness that belonging that, that sense of connection to a place um to me is the is it's the bit where i'm like you know this is where we've got to really try and put our energies because without that it feels like we just keep on i'm saying we but i'm talking about this kind of civilization just keeps on with that damage that that separation driven damage and it might not be even be intentional right but because there is no it's it's like without that without that place-based sense of sacredness that sense of belonging um it feels like as we were saying with with paul it's kind of almost like um this i this idea in in this in this you know in moving forward what we need to have both those things going on a connection to place as well as maybe the, the more systemic push or, or the more macro work we might be trying to do out in the world. But having this kind of connection to uh, this sense of belonging, working on that in, in whatever place that is, whether it's a, a, an urban river or a stream or a, or, a, or a coastal thing. And I know I'm going on one of my rambles here, but it's just you, when you speak of it, of, of that connection you have, it feels such an integral part of your relationship. You know, if you, you know it's such a big part of your work that it's rooted in something, you know, right in, you know, it's rooted in you and where you are. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to speak to it cause it just feels, as I say, this, this part, this mystery, this, this, this work just fit. That's the piece for me that really jumped out in the book. Cause, um, it just, it, I'm drawn to that as a, as a place of like, wow, how do, how, how can we help, how can we help that kind of work, uh, that kind of connection really travel, you know?
0: Yeah and <laughs> sorry for that really
1: long winding one
0: <laughs> no i love it um we're meandering along here like like a river, because we are bodies of water too which i just find yeah. is like it's a wonderful kind of entry point when we talk about uh things that might seem a bit conceptual about interconnection and interdependency and um but you know y- you've you've got that wonderful um Place for it as well, like we are water. You know, mm. <laughs> we just such mm. a I keep up to keep reminding myself, self that when you're writing water, even to write the book. I think it was at Doreen Sanderson from Cree Nation who I have quoted in it. He said to write about water is to write about life itself. Like it's it's just it's it's huge mm. undertaking. So the, the book doesn't really capture <laughs> all of, all there is by a long shot. But a part of it is also about ways offering like these invitations for people of ways to reconnect, to sort of alter. shift the perspective when it comes to these relationships and understanding and even though they're like the how to connect (laughs) what does that look and feel like in a practical way in your everyday life wherever you are and so it's finding different ways to explore that there are also like you know that we're going a little bit further Beyond, like trying to also, in a, in a safe way, take people a, a little bit further beyond maybe what they're most familiar and comfortable with, um, and getting into their bodies first as a way to begin that journey of, of connection. And high water is a great facilitator of that. So there's a lot of these sort of embodied, kind of very ecological kind of practices. And for me, I think that's, that's foundational to doing any of this work that we're doing around that's necessary as well to work with with water and conservation and activism and, and so on um really checking in with actually w- what place are we coming from with it and then the energy that we bring i was really taken through writing the book i learned a lot as well but the you know how the energy we show up with is also affecting the environment we're in and especially so with water and, and vice versa like water leaves such an imprint on us
1: yeah so it's it's um it was making me think as you're talking about um again this sort of uh you know the embodied nature and the and the sort of this time for working more with embodied practices because again sort of i i see so much stuckness because this culture is in the head, you know? And so we're, we're trying to sort of find our way out of a lot of these crises, but we're still trying to sort of think our way and (laughs) talk our way through it. And, 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 and I, and it feels like, again, there's just, you know, we're not, we're not sort of, we're not able to draw on what is this extraordinary other way of starting to, you know, understand what's going on and also what might be able to help us navigate as well. So there's kind of like, you know, and obviously there's, again, it's the dark and light. There's, there's, there's troubles that we're carrying as well in us. And there's, 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 there's there's traumas, there's, there's confusion, there's fear, there's all kinds of things that our bodies are, are probably all holding in some way in this time. And, and still trying to sort of think our way into this very complex, uncertain world that we're all finding ourselves in, which just brings me back to, you know, again, the, the working and, and cause you kind of think again with water, you know, you kind of think like, what would it look like if we, we're still trying to solve the, all this stuff in these rooms, <laughs> in these constructed <laughs> environments, you know, and sort of, but actually building these practices of working, whether it's working with water just feels again, sort of, um, yeah, I mean, I think more folks are speaking to this. We near, you know, what it's probably what, um, it's what Dougald Hinds said to me, like he, like he would call it weirder moves, you know, but you know, new ways of doing things, which aren't new at all, right? They're they're old ways, but but that are that are that are that might seem still to be weird in a kind of culture of sort of modernity and you know logic-driven stuff. But it just feels like um, bringing in these kind of practices, um, which are about reconnecting us into water, but also working with water to help us as as living beings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, not just reconnect with the water not bring li- just bring life back to the water but but also what water could help us with in these times of great sort of you know fear i'd say
0: yeah yeah and it's because it's interesting as well there's um yeah, you know, when it comes to to water, I find as I you know it's it's <laughs> like I ended up getting pretty entangled writing the book, right? Cause yeah. If you write about water, then it's it's a uh, you've got to you write about the soil and the plants and the earth and the you know it's because it's it's so connected. I ended up right from like you know the the grasslands in in the Midwest America to the you know the Himalayas to. <laughs> um, oh, to to Greenland and um, the Arctic and so on, but it
1: yeah you you're also working I mean there's a uh, was it somewhere in East Africa or was it where well, I can't remember yeah about know, the,
0: Somalia with work in yeah. there around trauma and and ocean yeah. therapies yeah. mind blowing um, and and the piecework work led by Ilwad Elman uh, who's in the book too but yeah so you know it's it's like, <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: it sounds. It sounds like a, a, <laughs> it's quite
1: hard to get into that little book, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I a
0: lot into that little book. Um, yeah, and it was important for me then to also find ways that it's there, there. These different entry points into it for for people as well, um as well as the need to then to just as you said, there's there's an edge to it too. So our relationship with water is complex. And and I realize you can't write or talk about water or experience it uh, without talking about power and our, um, those relationships and that dynamic. So also the, the power of water and the power that water carries, but then um, our sort of human attempts to actually harness and take that power and and what happens then as a result. So I think, yeah, the state of water and the condition of water bodies the world over really mirrors a lot of the health of a society and and the culture um, that's dependent on those waters and then getting into this was the mystery mythology also impacts the close association as well with water with the sacred but also the feminine energy and so as I began to write I mean I'm only scratching the surface here I felt like a novice again um was that you know our, our if you look at societally it, it's more than just a metaphor for like the state of how water is and, and the slow poisoning of our waters and then also how uh, women and other minorities are treated because it's all wrapped up in these these power dynamics you know power over you know which is yeah what we're really trying to dismantle to create change
1: yeah and um and it feels like again um you 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 spoke to this a little bit i think there was a in the a piece on um uh where you were speaking about awareness of our fluidity and there was a you're talking about you know in these times how challenging it is to express self Without censorship in the world today, and you're particularly talking about, you know, women or others in bodies that belong to minorities, um, and th- this is this just felt really, um, yeah, because it feels to me like there is so much. Uh, it's it's very it's very um, difficult for people to really express how they are feeling right now and how they might be wanting to um, reject these structures and systems of power, right? Because in some places it's, I mean, you know, it's, you'd be fearing for your life if you really spoke to how, and again, it's just these, and you know, you talk about how some of the ways that water is helping to kind of, um, I guess, to process a lot of this, of this stuff. But it, it struck me again as a, you know, sort of imagining ahead to a culture or cultures that, yeah, where we, where we, what would happen if we were working more with, with you know with water with our our more than human environments to sort of i know it's happening i know that you know there are people everywhere working with this but you you know i often project into the future i kind of i have a sort of an imagination or what would it what would it look what would a what would a beautiful world look like you know and you just sort of see how get a really strong sense how how much faster we could be moving through a lot of this stuff (laughs) if, if we were willing in you know at least in our power structures to start working more with uh with these ideas, right. These ways of, these ways of working through stuff versus our sort of, you know, binary kind of like, you know, who can outsmart, who can, who can outthink each other, but actually sort of working. Imagine, I think I'm just imagining kind of, you know, power structures based in rivers and uh, lakes. And, (laughs) (laughs)
0: you know, um, yeah. And then you, we've talked about, so, you know, flow is is obviously very strongly associated with water and there's a lot been written on that but i think to a, less, a lot lesser extent than around ebb
2: uh, yes you know, just as
0: a surfer and talk we've talked a lot about cycles as well then but the you know with the ebb and flow of tide wax and wane of the moon you're very just aware and then living in this part of the world with the seasonal shifts that we still have um so there's yeah a lot of the book is looking at the i suppose the meaning and understanding of those ebb states um and the importance of them in a you know in a society that tends really not to honor them and so when i talk about the ebb states it also bring opens up space then to talk about the grief and loss and and trauma as well as as the the healing and and everything else um so i don't know i can read a little bit from the book on that or
1: yeah i'd love to and 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 i think the i had you know as the the ebb stuff is so interesting obviously for many, many reasons, but again, particularly for the, for these times we're in is that, you know, I was really drawn to drawn to that, um, a lot of what you're speaking to around, around that you know what, what that might mean if we start to look at it in the sort of in know as a sort of uh yeah in, in an ebb state which would be great to for, great to speak to so yeah, if you could yeah, read something actually, or speak uh, to it as well
0: in a society that's so hung up on this constant um growth <laughs> yeah. and yeah how toxic that can be okay so it's a section in the book called the ebbing tide I see our relationship with grief closely linked with ebb. Grief itself is a withdrawing inward, a feeling of emptiness, a surrender to the murkiness, a sinking into what may feel like the abyssal depths of the ocean to be able to feel the fullness of our pain, the true measure of our love and loss. Like grief, ebb is not a state that is held in high regard or honoured much in our modern society of hyperproductivity and overstimulation. Never escaping our abundance, Lakota skier Connor Ryan said to me, has created a sickness and malaise. If the container is always full, you'll never value the work it takes to fill it. In nature and natural cycles, the ebb is as essential as the flow. It should not be mistaken for insulation, cutting ourselves off or stagnation, which is what happens when we block or suppress emotions. Stagnant water has lost its vitality and life force, has become full of impurities, whereas still water is pure and calm, only appearing motionless because its waters run deep. And, you know, I, I go on then even to talk about you know, the life cycle of a tree and they seem dead in winter time, but yet they're really active in, in the root system. And also th- it's a process of conserving water at that time of year. And so I just, yeah, I felt like there's so much more.
1: <laughs> yeah. To understand and-
0: if by just even by simply observing um, things around us again in those ways that are, are more intimate and embodied, like what's water up to today, how is it behaving, and, you know, your own local water, water in your body, can you sense it, Um, the water in the trees or plants, Um, even with that, there will be incredible things will come from it, I'm sure.
2: (laughs) You're listening to the Spaceship Earth Podcast with my dad, Dan Burgess.
1: yeah and, and that comes through in the book this again and i think that's you know that's part of who you are as well like the 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 inv- the invitation to observe to to notice um which is you know to 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 step back and to build that sort of and and that's both what you notice out <laughs> in the world but also what you're noticing within you as well yeah and, that resonance and, and
0: attunement yeah
1: yeah and 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 that again that feels such a sort of um you know a a vital practice really to just to become more observant and i guess that's where we get into more of our you know the listening qualities and the noticing and the sensing there was something else you wrote in the great you know which in this whole piece on ebb and i guess the other the other thing for me i'm seeing a lot with this idea of endings at the moment you know i guess sort of as we sort of think about endings of all kinds of stuff right and endings of, of 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 stories that maybe we've been carrying and you know endings of behaviors and 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 beliefs that maybe we've been we, that we've had and endings of you know how important humans are in all of this <laughs> all, these kinds, all these kinds of things are sort of almost you know inviting us to sort of get get much better at or uh, you know um you know attending attending more to to, to, the, to the endings and also understanding that which I think is a bit what you're speaking to with with Ebb is like, it doesn't. It's, it's endings aren't finite. There are there are new <laughs> there are new beginnings that come. No, but necessary.
0: but there, are, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. But there's something in in learning to be much more attentive to 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 endings and uh and and how they that can actually be really generative. And you know, again, there's all sorts of energy and. Um, nutrients in in uh, in sort of uh, you know being okay and noticing the endings of things and you and there was a there was actually a line in the in the book at the end of the ebb chapter which was um, you wrote from Canadian writer toko paterna mm-hmm. and and he said grief okays and essentials the role in our coming undone from previous attachments. It is the necessary current we need to carry us into our next becoming, which I loved. It's just like, yeah. cause there you go. Right. It's like, it's part of an evolutionary ongoing, you know, it's part of the flow, right. Without, without, without the, without that, it's impossible really to sort of authentically keep, keep flowing, I guess, in some way.
0: Yeah. I, I love that line from talk about Turner. Um, so yeah i did a lot of a lot of and when i write a book i think i spend more time reading than <laughs> yeah. um so it's a real reflection of what i've been je- digesting as well within my own thought process whatever comes out in the book um yeah and and more more than once in the book actually i do i end up i write a lot about um those kind of endings and loss and um you know, the ending even of, of love the life of loved ones and those as, as rites of passage and transformation. Um so it was really interesting to dig into that too.
1: So there's a lot in the and there's what the you know as ever with your work, there's love there's beautiful invitations to the reader. Um so each chapter, you know, you you you're always offering up practices and invitations to the reader to um yeah to work i guess to to sort of play and work and explore with with what you're speaking to, which I think is always um yeah really generous and just feels again really 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 vital and, and you know me, I'm always really interested in um i'm increasingly interested in at the moment in places and particularly places that don't have that obvious connection to the ocean, <laughs> you know like the 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 cities the the places where so many of us are living um but also seeing this kind of, I mean, you speak to, um, there's a piece you speak to on um, River, Gu- River Guardianship, which is some- so weird, you know, it's like you can go forever and not hear something. And then suddenly I'm hearing that everywhere at the moment, <laughs> just like, that, do you know what I mean? It's like, what? How is everyone talking about River Guardianship?
0: Yeah, it's amazing to see it um, kind of growing as well. So the book it, I guess one of the most common questions I get asked when I'm, I'm speaking, and then obviously saltwater in the blood was much more ocean focused and around surfing. Um, but it, but then it is is about how well how can I connect with water if I don't live near near the sea? So there's that assumption that the ocean is again this uh, away place for most people. <laughs> Whereas you and I know it's with us, and we have this intimate connection with it all, all the time. And every time you know every second breath we take, is, as you always remind us as well. Then, <laughs> um, so I wanted the, every every kind of invitation and activity kind of in the book is. Is, should be doable for anyone wherever they are um, is kind of how I wanted to approach it um, because we can't live for very long or very far away from water in, in some shape or form so I would hope most people can <laughs> access that but even, even with the water within our own body so a lot of it just comes from that with working with where you are with what you have and really wanting to recognize that too uh, as well as the privilege of having the sea on my doorstep but to open it up then so that it doesn't seem like it's something that's inaccessible, you know, and, and then even to shift, I had a lovely conversation recently with a a water walker and water protector, uh, Marianne Cabayose from uh, Turtle Island. She's Anishinaabe uh, living in, canada at the moment but she learned from josephine Mandeman's work who i write about in in the book um who started those like great earth water walks around all the the great lakes in in canada to really raise awareness about the state of the water but also its sacredness and then to begin to understand um how the water is, you know, and, and tap into that. So, and that, that for me, they, you know, the the Anishinaabe and and Josephine Mandeman and and those women were really the pioneers of that kind of, um, I suppose, guardianship of the water. um, That began, I think from the, you know, the, was it, it from early twenty ten to twenty seventeen, around that period. And then this whole movement, yeah, around river guardianship is fascinating too, right? Because it's it's nearly something that seems to be more visible when it comes to say protection around trees and forests in a way when we think about place because they're tend to be fixed in place and we have stronger attachments where somehow with water i I wonder is it a case because it's 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 so in a way impermanent and and it's moving through space and place and the character of it's changing all the time how does that affect our relationship with it and, and attachment um and yet then this wonderful identity forming um, around this sort of whole concept and activation of river guardianship. Um, and by and large, and it comes to a lot of this water protection too, it, is, it is, tends to be female led, female leadership um, on the front lines of water activism. And when I, when I asked Marianne about that, she said, yeah, because women are the water bearers and the water keepers. And, uh, so we have this responsibility and also like this, I suppose, this power around water as an element to work with, because, uh, we get, you know, also bring forth life from the water in our bodies and have that, every woman has that capacity. And, um, so that was interesting to learn about you know, the, the origins of that kind of activism with water and how that's come about. And also it's come about and really as a result of there also tend to be in the communities where they have the, you know, the least access to good water quality and water environments tend to be some of the most polluted and degraded in those uh, minority communities, indigenous communities in North America and so on. Uh, But then we're seeing it happening across, say, in Europe and you've got the Balkans in Eastern Europe um, and and women there kind of getting really active around protecting rivers, some of the last wild running, free running rivers um, in Eastern Europe as well. I feel like I'm rambling on a little bit, but
1: are you, are you you seeing that in, are you seeing it in Ireland? Is it, is there, is there any of this kind of garbage? I'm just interested about, because I know, yeah, I'm interested with all the particular, I guess with all the, I mean, in, you know, in England, the state of the rivers, for example, right? Because now they're just like, Mm. it's become so absurd, like the, the, you know, the, the pollution in these rivers and obviously the whole, you know, the water companies and all of that stuff, but we're, we know when when i read your book and you know the the again this recognition of just this sort of you know as we as we know but you know we are nothing you know we can't exist without water you know it's like it's like the, the it is the essence it's the sort of like you know and there's so much obviously to water in all of its forms and yet on our doorsteps for many of us these these wild rivers the you know which all lead to the sea right and all the the, the cycle of our rain, and it's mm. all interconnected we you know but you know they, they probably couldn't they've probably never been in a worse state yeah. Um, yeah. and it's, it's, it's again it's just sort of weird kind of like do yeah. you know what i mean that this this is sort of it's happening and we can see both the we can witness both the extraordinary power of you know reconnecting ourselves with water and what that can do for water and for us Um, and at the same time we're sort of yeah we're witnessing we're watching we're seeing you know we're we're, we're, well we're part of it now aren't we i mean the pollution
2: is yeah it's it's a really really cool mirror it's like
0: what's in what's in our rivers is in our (laughs) bloodstreams Right, you know, because it is all connected, and even it was it, Marianne was telling me how you know because it you know rains so much, and usually people have their head heads down in Ireland and they're rushing as quickly as possible between rain showers. But yeah. now, because and I, you know, she just sort of reminded me, yeah, but the when when the rain falls, you're receiving the medicine because water is medicine, and so it's kind of interesting that I, I catch myself sometimes when I walk in, like oh damn the you know the rain or whatever, I'm almost cursing the rain. Um, Oh, wait a minute. I'm receiving medicine. And I could turn my face up to the sky and and feel the raindrops on my skin for a moment. So it's just that even that tiny, subtle shift from for me. And then with rivers, I think it's exciting to see something like river guardianship, because the potential is huge in terms of connection of those. Yeah, like upstream downstream effects and then all the people it's a real diversity of people along a watershed or uh, the flow of a river from source to sea and it connects inland with ocean and and all of the, uh, all of those things that are so important you know as, as a metaphor and source of inspiration but also then in a real literal sense um and so it's, I talk about that in the book and, and about those sort of river walks and, and ways to really engage at a community and collective level as well.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, and, uh, an- another thing that came out for me a little bit, um, is, and again, sort of like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sort of dancing between like the, the shit we're in, <laughs> and, like, where, but it was, the you know, was, you, you know, talked there's quite a lot of sort of play playful kind of vibe as well in, in parts of the book you know that's the ability of water to almost you know to help help us you know with our sort of um to bring that more playful quality out again which of course also feels really vital at this time you know because in this time of stuckness like how do we sort of yeah, like learn to learn to play again
0: it's true because it? you can get, it can get real serious really fast <laughs> yeah it's almost like the more serious and urgent uh the crisis is the more the need is to actually like to slow down and to yeah. create more space for play um and that creativity then that comes from it and how water can be such a great facilitator of that if we allow it um yeah so there's loads of actually fun examples of that happening as well in in um lots of different ways in different parts of the world
1: but is it's is also this idea that what i got from it is, you know and again which make you know makes sense completely but like you say it's almost, it's a thre- you know water is a threshold that's something that when when you sort of cross into water th- th- and it, and that, th- you know, we, we, yeah, we allow ourselves without even, you know, just, it just happens, right. We just, become we're, we're sort of opening up in some ways and letting go and moving into, you know, the, there's the presence that we speak of in, you know, w- w- from surfing and all these great things, but there's just something that's, it's a threshold that doesn't like odd land in our constructive environment it's much harder to find anything actually that uh, that do you know what i mean that can do that to all of us because i think there's something very that's a that's a universal truth mm, isn't it totally.
0: this is almost yeah. like a two-part thing that's like it does it takes us out of our comfort zone because it is a threshold and we're entering an environment that's unfamiliar and that we're not so well adapted to be in for very long um so mm. that's really important i think uh, in when we look at the time we're in now is to actually be be comfortable with being uncomfortable like just to be with those like your whole kind of spectrum of sensations especially that cold water can offer us and the playful element i think it it must be inherent like i'm seeing it in you know with with my babies and they get in the water and it's just this like i mean they're all about play their whole you know their whole world and perspective and outlook and experiencing and learning is all through play but with water it's like it just gets amplified you know (laughs) and there's like yeah. laughing and splashing and just in this whole other, um, world really. Um, and I think it's something too, isn't it about that, that bodily contact again of, of feeling and experiencing all of who you are mm. in it in a new or different way through water because that, that sense of touch is so strong. The yeah. Feeling of water.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. So I've got a couple more things I was going to, I was going to ask you, but on the book, um, what you know the, it comes out uh next month um and yeah what was what what are you what are you what are you hoping for with the book what are you who, who's it for <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> everyone <laughs> everyone of course yeah well, obviously people are going to be any any connection with water or interest in it will we'll probably pick it up um and it will definitely take you on like a, a deeper dive in terms of understanding our connection with water and what it can do for us and what we can do for it. So that respectful mm. kind of relationship. Um, but I would hope, yeah, it, it would also be a lovely invitation for people who are are just interested in maybe starting that journey, even when it comes to looking at that whole area, of say nature connection and so on. But I mean, my, my hopes for it would be that it would just offer this, perspective shift even if it's just a Mm. tilt of the head (laughs) yeah Um, and and deep in connection in with your own sort of sense um of self and aliveness with the world yeah i don't i don't know it's not very prescriptive although there are those um practical ways to you know get engaged with water and, and look at your water connection in different ways um they tend to be more invitational my hope for it is that I think reading the book even too, it becomes apparent that it's more than just you, you read it and digest some information and away you go. It, I would hope that the book is also an experience and yeah. that you could dip into it at maybe different points and also definitely be curious and creative when it comes to trying out the exercises in it. Um, and there'll probably be some parts of it that will really resonate more than others. Um, mm. But yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how it's going to land. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah but it's, it's 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 a it's a beautiful I you know i love i love you know i love the weave i love i love that, that you've weaved so many different perspectives and stories and different ideas and thinkers and people that are working you know that have a all kinds of different relationships with water from from deep time to now and uh i always feel that's such a gift to sort of bring different people uh, like you know like you have in this book to sort of to bring the different voices and the different kind of ways of allowing us to sort of think about water and our relationship with it and water's relationship with us in multiple different, you know, diverse perspectives. Cause I think that in itself is, is often for me anyway, just, just to sort of, again, just to, It's a little bit of a kind of oh yeah, actually, I'd never you know. It's just opening us up to consider Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, our our relationships from yeah in many different ways. Which at the moment, again, back to the complexity. Maybe it's not the complexity, but the but the diversity feels really important at the moment.
0: That and yeah, and I suppose it's 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 a book in one way about how we restore. Our relationship with water restore, you know, our water those water bodies that are so degraded and polluted. So by re- restoration, but also by as we do that kind of work, recognizing how it's also restoring our own health and well being, and and so on. Like it's that that that's totally reciprocal in terms of an exchange that's going on. So I think to keep that in mind, if you're on the front lines of doing this this kind of work as well, which we know in our society can be like rife with burnout and a sense of overwhelm we're facing so many crises yeah. so it's a it's a book although there is the edge to it there's also i think a lot of hope in it i would have you know as well as acknowledging there is already so much that we've lost um so there was moments that were actually it was kind of difficult <laughs> to write the book yeah. when i had you know was soon to be a mum, um so that was very yeah. my perspective was really altered by that as well yeah
1: yeah, I think, well, you know, you, I, I, you know, he says, you know, what, I think, I think you're a remixer. That's what you're doing with this book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there we go.
1: <laughs> and, uh, no, I mean, but, yeah, but, uh, but, you know, that's, I, you know, I, I see the book in an, and, and, an in fact, everything you do, you're always, uh, I think inviting people to rethink or reimagine, or at least consider different form, different relationships we can have, um, across different disciplines across our relationship with 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 wild water with the ocean with ourselves and so yeah i think it's a it's a it's um it's it's a beautiful offering for these times a time where we need i think we need to be remixing everything
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know remix a water remix brilliant (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly
1: and we're going to look forward to having you on on the remix obviously Mm -hmm. um forthcoming in in may which is going to be you know and and hopefully you know you, you 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 can bring you know, some of this work into that, into the session there, because I think, um, it's going to be really exciting for, for folks to have your, yeah, for you to share, to share some of this work and the way that you, the way that you sort of see and and the people that you have met and learned with and been taught by, I think it's just such a, it's such a perfect time to be sharing, um, this knowledge and, you know, these invitations. So, uh, yeah, we're going to look forward to that one.
0: (laughs) I can't wait. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, um, have you, did I see you were back in the water recently because you, on the surf front, like, how's that been?
0: Oh yeah. I have, I've been back in the water as well. I was going to say as soon as I could, but I had to, I had to wait a while. It was, it was definitely a tough, tough burst and recovery, but I think what worked well was just trying to be as gentle as possible with myself um, yeah. and interestingly it's like you know physically like your when your whole body is changed and, and you're going through this healing process but also i've been fascinated like psychologically there's been a complete shift as well because of course my whole brain has been rewired now that i have a new mum. and yeah.
1: I've got children on land. Yeah. Oh my
0: God! What well, I know? I'm out here in the ocean. What am I doing? But no, I've, I've been lucky. I've been able to get back in the water and get surfing, kind of at least once a week. Or I, I make sure I, I get my my water fix. Um, and but it's fascinating. And my relationship with the with surfing in the sea has totally changed. How I ride waves, what motivates me, um, what holds wow. me. So that's probably like a whole other podcast.
2: Um, yeah, I'm
0: beginning to just only beginning to unpack. But you know, part of it is. I'm not even entirely sure. Like there's nothing as, as, as radical, powerful and potent that you can go through, I believe as giving birth. And like, it's just, um, you know, like taking off on a 20, 30 foot wave at, at Mullock moor just doesn't even compare. <laughs> and wow. yet you, you, you're at your, you're at your most vulnerable as well. And so, in one way you kind of think, well, should we totally invincible after that? And, and super resilient and In some ways you are, but also there's this connection, even when I was pregnant that where I'm surfing for more than just myself, like you're already connected to two other or beings. And it's the same now when I'm surfing, I'm, I have this consciousness that it's, it's less about the individual and the ego. Um, and I'm less drawn to those put, to put myself in those risky situations or to go chasing waves or to, you know, that kind of push energy much more now about like going to, I suppose, (laughs) I do it for my own therapy, (laughs) um, my own state of mind, but it's funny is there actually I've had moments now of greater flow than I've had before this different connection with my body. I wouldn't say it's better or worse, but it's changed. Um, yeah and so it's yeah I'm, I'm really curious to see how that evolves
1: beautiful it's like it's like me the old dad longboard i'm like let's it's, it's 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 above four foot i've got three kids i can't go out there uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> i have
0: the fun pleasure and play <laughs> <I> out <do> of <myself.
1: laughs> oh beautiful so listen um thank you for for uh for this time i'm excited for this book to come out i'm excited for this uh to have you on the uh, on the remix i'm excited just to yeah to see see this water work travel now it just you say it feels on on so many fronts we're just you know it feels like we have so many beautiful things to to help us and guide us through these times so as much as there's the the overwhelm and the complexity we've probably never had you know more kind of ways and support and communities and connections to sort of really to really sort of allow ourselves right to sort of you know you know know the world differently and know each other differently and this this feels like a really uh this feels like a really um important and beautiful addition to the to the to the to the, to the, to the this is sort of the emerging uh generous toolkit of possibility that is uh no.
0: <laughs>
1: that is the, so yeah so thank you for that
0: Water Remix, a toolkit of possibility and emergence (laughs) and uh, connect with the patterns and power of water. Oh, thanks, Dan. It was lovely to sort of, yeah, riff on that. And yeah, I really enjoy these conversations
1: yeah and just okay I, I guess just one whether you could leave our listeners maybe with one one invitation you know this idea you know we we riff on in the podcast of becoming crew stepping into service finding your finding some ways to sort of bring bring life back to the world around you is there is there something you could a little mission or a little provocation or an invitation that you could offer up our listeners to sort of maybe uh mm to go and play with
0: yeah well because there's a lot of exercise in the book so maybe i can pull from that um i really liked you know there's invitations to journal and reflect there but there was a talk i listened to by dr kelsey leonard um her ted talk is amazing um and in it she talks about she's a water protector and, and lawyer and she talks about water rights a lot, but she kind of reminds us to ask ourselves each day, what have I done for the water today? So just that, that check-in even. Um, and then maybe to leave, I think maybe my what feels most appropriate now is this i write about this practice for water reciprocity so we had to talk about like what, what does that even look like to be reciprocal in our relationship with water and um, because so there's such a popularity around things like going sea swimming and all the benefits of these sort of blue space activities and surfing and which is great but i even noticed that the how i approach my surf like the intention and energy i'm bringing into the water will alter my will completely affect my experience and i think it's to do with this um and i had great conversations with cliff capono about it so in in the book i write that how before entering the water especially if it's for our own kind of recreation or leisure to bathe swim or play uh, or even to take water to for to drink or wash with uh i offer these kind of five steps to improve the feeling of connection between your body and water before we do that um so the first is to sense and observe the energy of the river, lake, sea, or surf before rushing out there, or the water in your, <laughs> in your vessel, in your cup. Acknowledge the water by name and share why you have come. Third, deepen and slow your breath. So extending your exhale to release any tension in your body, allowing yourself to become soft, more like water. And four, to seek the blessing of the water in which whichever form feels good. So one example would be I kind of always sprinkle water on my forehead, almost like receiving a sacrament um, before or as I'm entering the water. Um, I nearly do it now just without noticing. Uh, but it kind of helps me attune my physical body to the qualities of the water too. Um, and then finally, uh, you may wish to make a small offering uh, in return. Uh so that could be sometimes, and you know, I do like with seashells or pebbles arranged um, on, the t- on the shoreline before you leave, um, doing a, your two-minute beach clean or offering a prayer or song to the water before you leave.
1: Beautiful. Thank you, iski Thank you. Um. Yes, well... I'll see you. Uh, I'll see. I'll see. I'll see you on the remix in a few then weeks. I'll go
0: rescue my amazing mum and uh, take over my own mothering duties. So.
1: Yeah, speak to yeah. you soon.
2: Bye. Bye. If you've appreciated listening to this podcast. Would you consider sharing it with a friend or leaving us a rating or a via your podcast provider? It helps more people to find us and we'd be most grateful.
1: Okay. Um, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with E-Ski. Um, What an amazing human Iski is. Uh, get yourself a copy of the book for sure, for sure. And begin those practices. Um and you know maybe maybe get a posse together and start to guardian some wild waters near you start to uh, get to know this more than human watery world who else lives there what are the patterns and rhythms of these places how might you begin to entangle yourself in new watery ways bringing life back to people and places, building those deeper relationships with the water and ocean so we begin to grow life-sustaining cultures and communities. So if you enjoyed this conversation please do give us a share, give us a cheeky review, leave us a comment, send us a mail, Uh, we love to hear from you and it means a lot to get some feedback we love it and it uh, it helps this whole thing tick right the energy uh we're all part of this all part of this podcast right we're all sort of entangling ourselves in different ways with it um so yeah let us know we'd love to hear from you um lots more to come uh if you want to stay in touch with what we're up to on the podcast and what we're doing with our learning experiences at becoming crew uh best way to do that is to sign up for our irregular newsletter and our writing um, at becomingcrew.substack.com. So I'm going to play out of the track. It's by an artist called East Forest. Um, and this is a collaboration with Peter Broderick. Um, I first came across East Forest, I think it was in lockdown, um, while sort of digging into music Um, actually a thread I was exploring, music that's intentionally being produced for psychedelic therapies. And uh, as I was down a rabbit hole, uh, I came across East Forest. Um, And East Forest, I don't really know how to explain his music. It's kind of like ambient classical mashups. He's based in the US, I think in Portland, Oregon. Um, And I started to discover loads of his music and it's stunningly beautiful music. And then as I discovered, he's also a massive explorer um, with deep inquiries into the inner human worlds and our entanglement with this living earth. Uh, And there's so much stuff he is offering sort of around this kind of sonic his sonic gifts meditations as a podcast he does there's all kinds of amazingness so check him out east forest anyway last month he released a new album in collaboration with irish uh music artist peter broderick and the album is called burren uh and it was recorded uh i believe uh during a week uh that they spent together out on the landscapes of the Burren, which is uh, on the West coast of Ireland. I've actually been to the Burren, not only literally explored a part of it for about half a day. Um, It's not that far from where Eski is. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a really beautiful album. Um, And this particular track is called landscapes and it just has sort of like got stuck in my head over the last few weeks. Um dig into it, listen into it. It's um you can f- you find your way into it. It's um there's a lot going on. It's very alive. Um but definitely check out uh check out uh East Forest, check out this collaboration, um Baron and yeah um until next time, peace and out
2: this podcast is created in service to life for you. It takes time funds and energy to make. If you'd like to contribute to the running costs, you can donate the price of a cuppa or a pint. Find the link on our website. This podcast wouldn't exist without the following crew. Charlie Shred, Audio Jedi. Seaman Home Burgess, Engine Room. Willow Burgess, Jingles.